Welcome to the Money Buddha podcast, where I chat with people who I admire, people who really follow the things that light them up in business and in life. And our guest today does exactly that. She's a pre and postnatal fitness coach. In 2019, she quit her PhD to pursue her dream of opening up her own fitness studio called the Mama Movement. A few fun facts about her. She's an introvert who can be socially extroverted when needed. She's a chocolate lover, team sweatpants with no bra. She's a French Acadian. She's a mom of three children, uh, the fifth of six children in her family. She loves the summer and hates the cold. And she has the most contagious smile and laugh. So let me introduce you to Martin Chasson. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I love chatting with people. So this is great. Awesome. And so we know each other um, from high school. And also um, we were in the same building for a few years. Um, so we worked close. We would like see each other here and there. But um, so we had little chats about all of this stuff already um, throughout the years, I guess. But I'm really happy to have um to talk to talk to you today. Me awesome. too. It's fun to catch up. No, I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> I know. So Life happens. I know. I know. So I do follow you. So that's how I keep up with what's going on with your life. Same. <laughs> oh my gosh. So first of all, um, I didn't know you were an introvert. So I know this is a surprise to people because like I think I'm so good at being socially extroverted right but I do love to stay home and be in peaceful and quiet times so it's it comes to a surprise to a lot of people that like know me socially but then I'm like yeah most of the time I want to be home if I go out for a social event I'll like for sure stay home for like five six days after right yeah I'm the same way I'm the same way so I get it I was like yeah okay I can see that yeah. but you're just so extroverted like socially when you see people so when I see you you're always like like excited and I'm yeah. like that too I guess or I can be so I get it mm -hmm. like, oh okay I never thought about it I put I put up a good front <laughs> right right yeah I know oh well you do a good job um so but I always love our like um relatable like real talk so I'm excited about this today yeah so you said you quit your PhD um, to like to open up your studio. I didn't I didn't know those details. Yeah, so I did a master, uh, bachelor's degree in kinesiology back at the University of Moncton um, once we graduated high school, and then I went off to do a master's degree in kinesiology at the University of Ottawa with a focus more on women's health. Um, and then my partner at the time graduated with a master's. So we came back home, he started working. And then I wanted to pursue a PhD in hopes to um, be able to teach at the academic level, but also have maybe like opportunities to do other things other than teaching. Um, I had already a passion with pregnancy and postpartum I come from a very very large family so I was always surrounded by pregnant people pregnant aunts postpartum people babies so this was just like a thing that was very comfortable to me um and then during my bachelor's degree I understood that there was 
an opportunity to mix kinesiology, fitness, exercise, and pregnancy and postpartum. So I knew I was kind of wanted to do that. Um, a PhD just just felt like the thing to do after a master's degree, not knowing what to do. And so I started a PhD um, at the University of UNB of New Brunswick in a total different field. It wasn't in the prenatal and postnatal realm. So I wasn't loving it. Um, I gave birth to my first child during my PhD, got pregnant with a second near the end of my PhD, but the project got longer. We kind of modified the project and then it was just stretching out to be longer. It was at my cost, which wasn't a benefit to me anymore. And it just wasn't my passion. Like I just really wanted to do prenatal and postnatal fitness and really dive into that and get some education and share that knowledge. So right before I gave birth to my second child, I was like, I'm done. I'm going to be walking away from this. And it was a really hard decision because when you're in those tough situations you're just like oh my gosh am I making the right decision am I quitting on something that I shouldn't be quitting on like but then you assess the pros and the cons and I was like there's nothing in this for me like this is not what I want to do it's not even in the field of my studies that I want to do so once I made that decision it was so clear that I was like okay now I'm starting up what I really want to do so once I gave birth to the second child um, started diving into more like specialized uh, education in the, the fitness realm of it and then just slowly started building that and then when he was about 18 months got found a place and then started really opening up the doors to the mama movement that February of 2019. Wow yeah. that's amazing yeah. I I get that for like when it's hard to make those type of decisions because you probably knew like for a while that you were like oh like but then you're asking yourself am I just quitting or is it just because it's hard or I'm almost there or my I'm more than halfway there or whatever like should I just finish it I know like those and that's what I love to hear about because it's like usually it's the best decision for you when you have that feeling to like yeah and and also just the societal pressure that like, wait, should I be just getting it done? Like right. just add a like PhD behind my name. And then I was like, no, like this is not for me. Like it's for some people, it just, it's just not for me. It doesn't align with what I want to even do. And right. then once I was doing my PhD, like I found out really fast that academia was not going to be the thing for me, just the environment and all of that. So I was like, no, this is not even remotely close to what I do. So like, I think it would be even more like reckless of me to stay and do right. it. <laughs> so right. it I get that. Good. That's awesome. I love that. I had no idea. I didn't know that part of it, yeah. of your story. I know. It's like a hit, it's like a story that like doesn't come up often, but then when I talk about like my education, I'm like, oh, by the way, I was doing a PhD and totally quit. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. I love. I mean, I'm happy for you that you were able to make that decision like for yourself and not throughout the societal pressure. Because I felt like that after like during high school, everyone was like, so are you going to university? Like, what are you doing? And then you had to like decide, and you had no idea. Like I had no idea. But like you were in my, you and Jeremy were in my class, my, um, uh, what was it called? Leadership class. And so 
everyone in that class were like going to like university or like they were they knew what they wanted to do like become doctors or lawyers or whatever it seemed like and I was like I don't I don't know like what I want to do and everyone was kind of pushing toward everyone I would talk to was like well you're so smart like you should go to university because I was like I don't know if I want to go like to university I don't know what I would take like I just wasn't clear but everyone's like well like you should you have good grades like all of that and so I almost like went but I just didn't feel it at all so when I um I just felt like I had to because of so I get that totally and eventually I just decided I was like I saw um a course at um uh, community college where I was like oh my gosh this speaks to me like reading through like the the book about like the program it's like okay it's only two years like perfect like I'll just start with that like but everything else that I was looking at was like books about like university courses where it was just like numbers and like codes and I'm like I don't know what this is about like it's not speaking to me I don't know but once I saw the other side I was like oh like I knew okay this is it so I yeah guess. and it's just, I think it's a really great example of like societal pressure and what the standards or what they expect of us and that creates urgency in right. us especially like after high school or after something there's always like that urgency of like so what are you going to do and you feel that pressure of like oh my gosh I'm supposed to figure out my life right. at 18 years old like now looking back I'm 35 now looking back I'm like oh my gosh like you're so young to figure oh. that stuff out like all right I know it's crazy to me because we start thinking about it when you're like 16 they start asking you at like grade 10 11 like well you need to start thinking about what you want to do and you're like ah okay with no information, <laughs> no information, no transition, no, like, here's what the real world is like. And yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's, that's funny. But yeah, I, I can, I definitely <laughs> relate with that. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so you've always loved post, you knew you wanted to do postnatal, um, prenatal fitness. That was really your thing. You've always had that itch. So it wasn't like, oh, what do I yeah, I mean, like, which one do I want, like, fitness-wise? Well, when I started my my bachelor's degree in kinesiology, I initially thought I was going to be a physiotherapist. So I was an athlete my whole life, got injured multiple times, and, like, just was in a physiotherapy clinic most of my athletic career. So I just thought, like, this is great. It aligns with, like, I love moving my body. I'm so curious about how the body works and how it reacts to certain things, the physiological and like emotional and psychological aspect of it. So I was like, of course, I'm going to go in physiotherapy. And then like in my third year, I had a professor there who did her PhD in prenatal um, research. So in, in accordance to like exercise and what are the benefits in pregnancy and how the body actually adapts to exercise in pregnancy. And that was like, whoa, to me, I was like, oh my God, the body's incredible, especially like people who have a uterus and grow children. And then the adaptations of exercise to that, it like literally opened up a door of like, oh, this is a possibility. Right. Like I've always loved the babies I've always been around them I've just like it was just natural to me so when we kept talking about it and then I would like kind of 
question the professor about like, okay, so like, what did you do in your studies? Like, how does this work? Like, is there actually a thing in this? And she's like, yeah, for sure. So then I was like, okay, I don't want to go in physiotherapy. So after my fourth year, I was like, I'm going to go in research to see like if there's opportunities in there. Um, and then my master's degree was on research more into women's health, so a little more into that. The lab was more prenatal and postnatal. I was doing more like um, the menstrual cycle in uh, younger girls, but we were in that kind of environment. And then I was like, yeah, this is, this is my jam. This is where, this is where I really want to focus my energy. And then once you become a mother, then you're really, I, I just got way more invested in it. Right. Right. Yeah. So do you feel like, cause you started after your second, do you feel like it was different for you? Um, by like the third, like, did it change anything like business wise, like what you or was it just more like, like in depth and yeah, that's a, that's a really great question. I think, I think my focus and my, my passion was really instilled even before my first, obviously what I learned after my first was that the resources were lacking incredibly in my community, but also just everywhere is about the education behind exercise and prenatal and postnatal fitness. And that was really more clear to me after my first and after my second and third, as you probably know, when you run a business and you're a mom, <laughs> you start learning a heck of a lot more ways to be more efficient, pivot at the last minute. Um, so I think that's just made me a little more hyper-focused, a little more like, what do I actually want to do and say no to the things that don't align with that because now you know you have a certain amount of energy in a day you have a certain amount of time to focus in a day and like sometimes you don't even have that even if it was planned someone's sick they stay home you're like cancel the day right so I think it just really has pushed me to be a little more hyper focused a little more like what's the goal and then go for that goal whereas before it was more like yay this is fun like okay cool but now we're like managing life and right. then managing a business and really trying to make both work as best right. as possible. Yeah, that makes, yeah, that's totally true for sure. I feel like you get more efficient um, after like, especially when you have more than one, I would say children um, after like, I only have two. So after the second, there was a lot of things that just fell off like my priority list. That was not a priority at all, like anymore, like in life and in business or whatever. So I, yeah that makes sense <laughs> everything's just high like super accelerated it seems like yeah and you have to like you have to be ready to pivot like it's like yeah oh you get a call from daycare they're sick you're like okay well well okay. these calls are gonna happen in the car you're gonna zoom yeah. while you have like a crying baby on you like this right that's true yeah yeah I do that a lot not uh like calling in the car and stuff before I think before like 2020 it would have been like oh it's not like as professional like I would have put all of that more like pressure on myself to not do those things as much like in the car is not a big deal but if my kids are in the car it's another thing which I still do but I'm like oh it's five o'clock like I'm calling at five like I just pick like if they're crying I'll just like hey I'll call you back like I feel like people are more accepting of it like it normalized it I think yeah I think 
I think it's a really great conversation because obviously I work with pregnant and postpartum people and mothers and parents. So it's a little more um, accepted in my space. But when I have conversations with colleagues, especially women in business or mothers or primary caregivers to small children, I think we have this pressure to make it look easy. Mm -hmm. And it's not. <laughs> like <laughs> just, just the mental load that goes from business to mothering to taking care of the home and all of that is a lot. And I think we had a lot of pressure to make it look easy and make it look like we're so comfortable. We know exactly what we're doing. We're so confident in what we're doing. And then the more and more, what I love to see is people just saying like, no, like, sorry, my kids are on this call and I can't, I'm not going to apologize for it because this is right. the only way I'm able to show up and support myself. Right. So it's nice. I love to see, especially like mothers in business, not apologize for the mess, for them being in their sweatpants doing a call, for for them having children on their lap and crying and needing a cuddle. Like I love to see it because that is the reality of most mothers in business. It's like, no, we don't have to apologize for that. This is just how we're actually able to do it. And we look badass doing it. Like <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. When when you uh when you're not apologizing and you're just like, this is me, this is what I'm doing, like, take it or leave it. Like, I don't care. I mean, I'm doing what I need to do. So whatever, like that's, I love that when I see people just, yeah, it is really badass for sure. Yeah. When they embrace it, when yeah. they embrace it, that's the best. Yeah. I know. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> I see that with you doing your workouts with your kids around. I All don't. Yeah, that's great. I love it. And it's a reminder for me that don't usually do it because I usually I like to go like during my work hours the most that I can. Um, he was older, which helps because like he likes to do things now. So sometimes if he's off school, I'll bring him to the gym with me and then he actually wants to do the thing. So I love that. But having like young like babies or kids, toddlers, <laughs> I would say toddlers, maybe the worst, um, the most challenging. <laughs> uh so yeah like I when I see you doing it I'm like it's a reminder for me that like we don't have to everything doesn't have to be perfect yes to be able to and do that's, something that's a lot of the messaging that I'm trying to put out there is that like I love to do my workouts in peace and quiet and away from everyone as much as possible but again like we're so limited on our time and our day and and where do you put that energy and time is it in front of clients is it like while you're gonna have to do your workout at home and I've just had the mentality that like my kids can be in the environment but I've just said boundaries in the sense of like yes mama's gonna be with you as soon as I'm done this exercise yes you can have another snack bring all the snacks by the way this yeah. is the key is the snacks and the like the tv shows and whatever like it's not like my kids are sitting there like oh my gosh this is so much fun look there's like baseballs flying around there's like someone <laughs> climbing on my back but there's always that boundary of like I will be with you once I'm done my exercise and there's a lot of messaging around like it's because you want your kids to see you like an example of you moving your body and yet that's just like that's just an outcome that's going to happen but for me what's most important is like my kids see that my needs are important right. and like we're creating time as a family around my needs Right. Because if I don't meet my needs, I can't show up right. as best as possible. 
right? So I've kind of always had that like you guys can be around and hang out. There's just gonna be boundaries about how much of how much of my energy you can take while I'm trying to like care for myself, right? Yeah. So it's just a nice example for people to understand like you can you can do it. It's not gonna be perfect. The expectations have to shift, right? Because <laughs> you're gonna be distracted and right. interrupted. But how can we get you moving? and still live through life because not everyone has the privilege to have people watch over your kids while you're doing your workouts and that's the reality for most people right so right oh totally yeah no so I love it I mean while everyone was at home and stuff I was doing it at home obviously but uh, now I'm like I, I choose not to if I <laughs> but I always like when I see you doing it I'm like oh my gosh badass badass <laughs> oh, <my pen. laughs> um Okay, so you mentioned um, in your notes that so this industry, the fitness industry is obviously has like unethical like messaging, like it's a tricky space to be in, I guess, for um, can you explain like what the most alarming things are? Like, what are you seeing? Like, what's going on? Yeah, so I think it's not it's not a hidden secret that the fitness and diet culture industry in itself is rooted in a lot of toxic messaging around whether it's hashtag no excuses, you know, the all or nothing mindset. Um, there's a lot of anti-fatness messaging going around. Like you're moving your body to get into a smaller body, right? This is the end goal. Um and there's a lot of messaging around that. And that's rooted, obviously, in deeper things. And it's a, it's a long, large conversation. Um, but I would say that, yeah, that the, the industry that I'm in, which is fitness, which already has those toxic messaging. Now I'm working with people whose bodies change tremendously in this short period of time, right? So in pregnancy, if you go up to um, full-term 40 weeks or 37 weeks and plus, I mean, you're pregnant for almost 10 months. And then in postpartum, you've given birth and then your body has changed significantly. So I'm dealing with that messaging plus people whose bodies have changed dramatically. And that messaging pours over into right. even more um, for people who've been pregnant or postpartum, that pressure to be in a smaller body, to be what they were before or smaller. Um, so a lot of the, the messaging that I'm trying to, to go against, if I call myself a little bit of a misfit in the fitness industry is like, this is bullshit, right? Like this messaging that like, first of all, women's bodies need to look a certain way to please other people. That's like a patriarchal thing, but this pressure to be in a smaller body in pregnancy and in postpartum and to look a certain way and to get it fast and that bounce back culture is just so toxic mentally and emotionally also. And especially like someone going through postpartum was giving birth. There's so many things going on, right? Like emotionally, hormonally, you're adapting to no sleep. You're adapting to like feeding your baby in the middle of the night, trying to bounce your baby. Like, so much exhaustion and overwhelm and you're feeling like you're losing a sense of yourself like your identity you don't know who you are anymore and then you just like overload that with like by the way you don't look okay in your body we need you to like we need you to change the way you look 
right? So that's where I kind of, my messaging is really trying to push against that, like you need to be in a smaller body. For me, exercise is a tool to help you manage your mental, physical, and emotional health, right? It's not a tool to get you into a smaller body. That might be a result of exercise, of course, but that's not my goal. Like I don't coach weight loss. I'm more like, how can we get you feeling a little more like yourself? Right. a little more energetic, more powerful, more in a place where you feel confident in maybe doing the activities you were doing before, right? Some people just think it's never going to be a, uh, an option to run again or to do kickboxing or all these things because maybe they're having symptoms. Maybe they're in a larger body and just think that's not an option anymore. So I'm really for like exercise being a tool to help you navigate that in this version of your body right? Because we know that bodies change. It, we're not the same size as we were in high school. And I don't want to be like, that was like, <laughs> like a pre pubescent adult, uh, adolescent. Like, that's not what I want to look like. You know what no. I mean? Oh, so, yeah, <laughs> right. that's where I kind of really, my passion is really pushing that messaging, um, opening our eyes. So, like, where's that pressure coming from? And making people realize that like this version of themselves is really worthy of joy and feeling pleasure and, and powerful and confident in that season of life. I love that so much. And because I don't think I had ever really had anyone like it wasn't messaging when I was pregnant, like 2015. I don't think there was much of that. <laughs> I don't think there was, there has been since then, like a lot more. Um, there's still obviously the other, like this old school mentality, um, but I, I think that's beautiful. I love it so much um, because I, I I was like traumatized after having like my first of how I felt after giving birth, like just the postpartum like uh, period. Like there was no one had ever really talked to me about it that much. Like I think I thought I was just going to feel the same. <laughs> Cause I felt great during pregnancy. So I thought like, okay, great. And then you're all like hyped up and you put your too many things like on your list of like, okay, I'm going to do this and that. Like when I'm home with a baby, I'm going to like, so I love seeing and hearing like that messaging and cause it, it tells other people. Cause I tried to like all my friends and family, like after people that didn't have kids, after I gave birth, I was like, by the way, like I was trying to warn everyone of how you might feel <laughs> whenever that happens. If it happens to you, like it's normal. Like I was on a mission to make sure people knew because I didn't really know before. Like I might've thought I did, but I didn't. Like it was a big surprise to me how no sleep changes your whole like life. <laughs> like yes <laughs> Done. that's like how exhausted like being exhausted wasn't the same word before and after having a child like a baby like it's just it was crazy yeah and like when I when I say the word postpartum like some people might not know what that means but it's basically just someone who's given birth whether that is through loss or infant loss or or, or full term it's just basically someone who's given birth and that season of postpartum is also some people think it's 
just that fourth trimester. So like zero to three months and then, then your right. postpartum is over. And now we know that postpartum, we, we kind of will say postpartum is forever in the sense that giving birth does change your body for like in, mm -hmm. in some type of way will have changed your body. Right. right. So you are technically postpartum forever because you've given birth. But that acute postpartum period where I'm saying acute in the sense of like, wow, like the tissues don't feel the same. Like my energy levels are not there. Like that's solid two, three years before you get out of that fog of like, oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm three and a half years postpartum with my last one. And it's only been a few months where I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. I'm out of a fog. Like, what do I want to do for myself? What are the things that bring me joy? what is something that like, what is play for me? But like, I couldn't even get myself to think about that in that acute phase, right? So I think the more we talk about it and normalize the fact that it can be long, a long period of time, people won't feel as much as though there's something wrong with them. It's like, right, there's a significant event in our life. And if you're the person like carrying a child and giving birth to it, that significant event is not just that period of time it will stretch over time yes oh my gosh that's so that's great and I love that because I feel the same way about you because mine were our last ones are the same age they were born a few weeks apart I think and I have also this year I mean this year like the last maybe three four six months I would say that I I've been feeling a little bit more like okay, like, what else can I do other than the minimum? Like, I, we, I decided to do a, a garden this year, like, I hadn't the last two years, like, maybe when she was a baby, because sometimes I had, like, a little bit of energy-ish, like, I think it was adrenaline, but other, other than that, it was, like, I can't do anything else other than, like, just surviving, like, minimum, like, yes. business and life, I felt like, and I've gotten a boost the last few months, and I love it, which is why I started my podcast, I'm like, what do I to do I know but that's like such a great example and for us to like normalize that in a sense like it's gonna take some time so like if you're in it right now there's hope that you're gonna move through that season and then you're gonna get the like okay like the mm -hmm. acuteness and that like fight or flight mode of like life feels so intense and then there's gonna be a time where you're like okay things can be like people can entertain themselves right <laughs> I can go in the garden for a few minutes and they can play around outside. They're not so dependent on you. So yeah. it creates more create like space for creativity and like exploration and reflection, which is like what we need. It's just, it takes time and it's yeah. frustrating for people. You know, the conversations I have a lot is like that frustration around like, well, I was pregnant for 10 months. I like my body went through it and then I gave birth and like, when do I get myself back? And then mm -hmm. it's frustrating because it's, takes time there's no rushing through it right we all want things to happen really quick like <laughs> yeah that's true oh I love that and also because all of your clientele like that's what you guys can talk about so I feel like that's a beautiful space that you created hmm. that wasn't everywhere obviously like um in Moncton or whatever like it's and now that you bring it online like you upped your game, I think. I don't know when, but I, I I noticed it when you did that you were like, okay, I have a plan. This is what we're going to yeah. do and really, really up that game. And I think that's great because it can, the messaging can get 
like farther and wider and like right so I love that yeah yeah it takes time in business (laughs) (laughs) it's true it's true so would you say it's harder to uh build a business or like pack three kids in the car on a work day oh my god you have to ask me it's like that goes on a day-to-day basis I mean that will change right Oh my God. Some days when you just want to quit your business and be like, this is it, that's done. And then other days where you're like, this is smooth sailing. Everything's falling into place. And then other days where like your kids are like talking and you're like, why are you so loud? <laughs> I know. Oh, so funny. Depends on the day. It does depend on the day. That's so true. Oh, I only have two. And sometimes it's like, oof, like this morning was one of those days where they just don't get along and they just can't get into the car. Oh, what a journey. It's the overstimulation. And again, like coming from a point of view of like a, a mom being in business, which is not something that feels that ever felt easy for me. Like I was like, if you would have asked me 10 years ago, like never would have been a business owner. I was like, give me a Monday to Friday, an eight to four, clock in, clock out. Like, I just want steady control in my life. But then when you have a strong passion that doesn't fall into an eight to four, you create it for yourself. And this is my passion and I I absolutely love what I do. It does have its challenges. And when you're a mom, you're just throwing more things in there. And often what I have to tell myself is like, I have to give myself compassion and show up with kindness for myself. In times like for the past three weeks, I was home with sick children or no daycare. That's, that screwed up all of my summer plans of like what I was going to work on on my business, right? And there's, there's moments of resentment and there, there's moments of frustration. And like, then you just got to show up with yourself and be like, okay, I got to be kind to myself because this is out of my control you have to somewhat go with the flow but the reality I think for for mothers and businesses with small children like where they're not 12 plus and independent and can be home alone is that it's gonna be hard there's I don't think there's the eat the word easy doesn't fit in there it's just it's hard and you're never gonna be able to show up exactly how you want to in your business and that's just the reality of being a mom and a business owner and mm-hmm. that sometimes is the part where I get kind of resentful and frustrated it's like why but then you're like this is just my position as a mom being a business owner where there's shifts I mean my partner's really great we share a lot of the task and like he'll take days off and whatever but it's just it I still carry more of the mental load mm-hmm. right that mental load is invisible to people but to me it feels heavy on the shoulders when you're thinking of so many things at once yeah yeah I think mental load the mental load of being a mom is probably the hard like one of the hardest things and something that I, you don't you don't realize until you're there and you're like oh my gosh like oh my gosh yeah <laughs> which is also why sometimes we don't have a lot of energy left for other things so it's kind of just like, woof, like it does take a big part of your energy, like per day and per week or whatever, like yeah. the mental load is probably, yeah, the, the most challenging I would say for me, like even just like lunches and like, oh, like tomorrow there's a field trip and then don't forget this. And then 
you have and then more kids you add then it's all different days and different activities and crazy hair day and whatever and there's a day every day there's something different and you're like oh my gosh like did you and then you want to be like that perfect mom so you don't want to forget to tell him it's red short day tomorrow do you know what I mean but it's like it's not important but it feels important to to keep up with everything and yeah it's like oh my gosh oh. and like people love to talk about the balance right like I know I know like in as as actors who get interviewed all the time there's that there's that example of like women who are actors get the question of like how do you balance motherhood and acting but men don't receive those questions right and that's like oh my gosh it's so true and for me it's like I don't think this is a personal opinion but it's like I don't think there's a balance I think there's an ebb and flow I think you have these these pockets of life. So you have friends, you have your partners, you have your children, you have work, you have colleagues. All of these require energy, but you can't give 100% to everyone. Like maybe your, your kids are sick for a week. That means like you can't show up at work as well. And then your friends, well, you're not going to see them for maybe a couple of weeks because you're going to recuperate from being home with your kids for a week, right? So some of those those places will get less of your energy and then it just keeps moving. Right. So I kind of try to take the pressure off of me trying to be like a really great friend. Sometimes I'm like, I'm sorry, I haven't texted you in three months. It's like I can barely think above being a parent and a business owner in the middle of a launch trying to figure it all out. Right. So it's just like, right, there's these moments where it's going to ebb and flow and show up. You're going to show up great in certain things and then you're going to show up a little poorly in, in other things. And I think it's just moving through them. Right. That's, that's great. Love that. That's so true. I do believe that too. And it is giving ourselves like, uh, just the space to not be a hundred percent everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Great. Um, love, love that answer. I feel like this is such a good podcast. I'm excited. So, um, so much good information, like for all of our friends and yeah. <laughs> Um, I say friends, but like everyone's my friend, like yeah. online people. <laughs> um, so um, is there something that stands out? I guess we'll start wrapping up almost at that time. Um, something that stands out um, that was like one of your biggest challenges, like in um, starting your business. Starting my business alone was hard. I think, again, like I, when I literally opened the doors to the Mama Movement, which is a local studio space in Moncton, I always had the intentions to eventually go online as well, because then you can, not everyone has the privilege to come to Moncton and see me. So that was always something that was important to me. Except opening a business is not just like, hey, my doors are open. It's such a learning curve. And what I would tell people who are literally thinking about giving it a shot is like, stick with it. It's going to be hard and you're going to fail a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but through those failures, you learn so much more. And so I think one of my biggest challenges was just like, okay, I've opened the doors. Now, how do I reach people? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. You do an Instagram account. You do a Facebook account. I didn't have social media before. So then I'm like, 
I have to learn how to market myself and brand myself. And like, when you start, you just do it. There's no, there's no strategy to it. Right. But the more you're into your business, the more you start learning about strategies and like SEO and all of these big words where I think like, I'm thankful that when I started, I didn't focus on those specific things because that would have been so overwhelming. But the challenging part is like to open the doors and get one foot in front of the other every single day. Like, okay, so now I got to get people in. So who do I talk to? Who can I reach out to? Who can I? And that is getting out of your comfort zone. And like I mentioned before, I never thought I was going to be a business owner. Okay. So now for me, it was like getting out of that comfort zone of like, oh shit, now I got to like put myself out there. Who's an introvert who rather stays home. <laughs> I have to like really get okay with being uncomfortable and like talking about what I do often, which can be, oh my God, pricing, talking about prices, the value of what I offer. Just even like taking payment from someone was uncomfortable for me. I was like, oh my God, this is going to cost this much. Like getting comfortable with like, yeah, this is what I charge for an hour. This is what it's going to be. I'm going to send you the invoice. Like those things were so challenging for me. And I've worked through a lot of them. And it's just, you keep growing. You keep learning. You keep growing. You keep challenging yourself. You reflect. You do something different that maybe wasn't working well yeah it's just like always a learning curve but that challenging part was like in the beginning where it was like oh my gosh now what <laughs> oh my gosh amazing yeah I know for sure it's <laughs> there's always something but when you don't focus on like you said the all of those things like everything else like it's really one thing at a time okay, we're going to focus on figuring out the SEO or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, but yeah, I get overwhelmed when I try to learn everything or get too deep into one thing, trying to figure out which one, which probably for you, like what kind of payment I'm, am I going to like for payments? Like what? And then you start going in a rabbit hole of like all the types and everyone has different opinions. So yeah, I get that makes sense. Yeah. And the best advice that I got was from another, a mentor of mine who's a mom and a great business owner was like, what do you have the energy to do? Like, I know that like, we know that everybody else is doing all of these things and it mm -hmm. feels overwhelming and it feels like you have to be doing them. But right now you're a mother. Like I had a newborn child. Like what do you actually have the energy to do and that you feel is actually possible? If it's posting twice per week, just post twice per week. Do something, but make it very realistic and doable for you. Don't, try to expand on everything mm -hmm. especially in the season of life that I was in it was like okay right I just got to put one step in front of the other and do one little thing every single day oh my gosh that's amazing I'm so proud of you oh thank you I'm proud of you oh, I love this podcast and all that you do I love seeing your work and how you like ex like you're able to educate and share your messaging I think it's so important because I Again, in, in your field of work, I'm like, why did we not learn this? Right. High school, like, and this is a whole other conversation, but like just talking about money and finances is mm -hmm. so taboo. And we have to have a space where we can talk about it and be curious about it and ask questions because 
we're all just sitting in a corner, if not with zero knowledge and just like, oh my God, so what's going to happen? What am I, am, can I afford this? Can I get this? Like talking about that is so important. So I love when you're sharing education about like mortgages or like approvals and stuff like that. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so like so important to know and also very valuable in everybody's life right oh thank you so much I'm proud of you too oh thank you I never really thought of it that way as much because I don't see myself right so I just think of stuff and then I'll do it but I, I usually only do stuff when it's um when it just comes to me I don't try to prepare too much like oh like strategize about what am I going to post next it's more like I get a thought and then I do it and that's all I do like I don't try to go over because I feel like it's not it, it becomes it's not authentic anymore when it's too like strategized so thank you that's so nice thank you so much <laughs> um so where can listeners find you online where should they go okay I'm mostly on Instagram at the mama movement um Facebook is at the mama movement.ca but I'm mostly on Instagram um, my website is www.themamamovement.ca and I offer in-person services. So classes, one-on-one education on corn pelvic floor and also online, I have a monthly um, fitness coaching program. So people who want a workout delivered to their app, so don't have to leave the house um, for pregnancy, postpartum. And like for people who've given birth, I have clients for like 20 years after giving birth, right? Like, so it's just staying in that community of, um, of people, but yeah, so I'm online, I'm in person and yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Welcome. Um, and so for all the listeners, it's a reminder to go do something that lights you up today. Okay. Bye. Merci. Bye. Bye everyone. <laughs>